good one in the making today. Get in as many as possible. Again, I appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast. Uh, We got another good one in store today. Got a guy. He's a first-timer. First-timer to the podcast, man. We go all the way back to our UK days. And um, today we're going to talk about the Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett getting into the Hall of Fame, and then them actually announcing – the, the next class, which is going to include Ben Wallace, Chris Bosch, Paul Pierce, Chris Weber. And this is actually a conversation that we were actually talking about a few weeks ago. And as soon as they announced this class and included Ben Wallace and Chris Bosch, it was a lot of pushback with that. And a lot of people were kind of saying that, that Ben Wallace was not a Hall of Famer. So immediately I come with the I respectfully disagree because I felt like he was a very important piece to that puzzle for the Detroit Pistons at that time. But um, I want to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jonathan, man. How's it going? Going good, man. And I appreciate you for inviting me, man. It's an honor to be here. And like I said, man, anybody who goes after their dreams and their passions and creates and executes, man, I celebrate and salute, man. So congratulations to you. Definitely appreciate that, man. And, and like I said, man, we, we need to start speaking a lot of that positivity into everything that, that we see people doing and just encouraging them. And, and just like you said, man, just putting your, your time and effort into something and you see a goal and you actually go after it and achieve it. So, again, definitely appreciate that. And, you know, real quick before we dive in, like I said, we, we go back to the, the U.K. days and freshman year. I ended up on North Campus, and you said that you were on South Campus, correct? Yeah, I went to Hagen Hall. Hagen Hall. So I was like, dude, like, what did I do wrong? Because <laughs> I go to turn in the application or whatever, and they're like, you know, select three dormitories that you want to live in or whatnot. And, of course, you know, I didn't turn mine in on time. So everything that I selected had already been filled. So I get stuck on North Campus, Holmes Hall, no air conditioning, (laughs) all-male dormitory. And I'm talking about, dude, like, if that's what prison feels like, like, I definitely know I don't want to go to jail ever in life. Because it was so brutal, man. So brutal. But... At that point in time, you know, I'm walking around campus or whatnot. And however we cross paths, I can't even remember, but it's like I was an Allen Iverson fan at the time. And I thought you were an Allen Iverson fan, but then you was like, look, I'm a Philadelphia 76er. So I was like, oh, man, that's a little bit different because, like, I was just into Allen Iverson. I was like, I only watch Philly because of Allen Iverson. But at that particular point in time, I was just like, you know, we we really didn't have an NBA team to follow. So Allen Iverson was yeah. my childhood hero. But real quick, man, just talk about, you know, what got you into hoops and stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, I've got the same story as everyone else, man. Michael Jordan got me into it. And but like you said, that moment when Iverson hit the stage, man, it was it's funny. Me and a friend of mine. Literally, this is how we decided who our favorite players would be. We were trading baseball, basketball cards. He picked Kobe. I picked Iverson. And from then on, man, we just went hard for him. 
followed him, and I've been an Iverson fan ever since, man. And he's the reason I'm a 76ers fan, period, man. To me, I know Michael Jordan is the greatest of all times, but Iverson is my favorite of all time. And, and you know what? I've never, I've never even looked at it from that perspective in terms of separating the two. Favorite of all times, greatest of all times. So that's definitely an interesting take. And we were the same way growing up, man. We were all in the basketball cards at that time. And one of my buddies, he was a diehard Stephon Marbury. Shout out to my cousin Mace. He was a huge Kobe fan at that point in time. And, of course, like I said, I was I was ride or die with Allen Iverson. And I get to UK, and, you know, I'm like, Iverson decked out, got all my jerseys, got the cornrows, got all the Iverson gear, like <laughs> – like, dude, like I like if you saw me, you knew that I was an Allen Iverson fan. And back in the day, it's like all we really could do was hoop. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm in the Johnson Center hooping, got my Iverson, everything going on. So and we crossed paths. And that's why I was like, all right, I was like, cool. Like, man, he's another NBA guy. And then that's when you said that you prefer NBA over college. And a lot of people think that I'm crazy when I say that as well, because I always look at it in terms of entertainment. That's why I like the star power of the NBA, because I enjoy the game of basketball itself. But then when you start introducing these individuals with this, you know, superior talent, they just kind of stick out. So that's why for me, depending on what college team we're talking about, college basketball sometimes can be boring. Right. So I only look at NBA in terms of entertainment. So real quick, what's your thoughts on last night and Kobe, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett getting into the Hall of Fame? You feel everything for for those three individuals, that's a no-brainer, or did you have any pushback with that? No, man, I thought last night was beautiful. I, I liked the ceremony, and I, I think they all were, ext- I mean, over and above Hall of Famers. So, yeah, I definitely had no pushback on that at all. And you know what? That That's that's amazing because I definitely agree there because we're talking about three guys that put in, we're talking about almost 60-plus years of, of basketball, like when you really look right. at it, like all of those guys – came in, especially Kobe and KG coming in from high school, playing as long as they done, and they they held their own. Um, It's unfortunate, you know, of course, what happened to Kobe. But at the end of the day, I felt like, you know, his his wife and his family held it down for him. So everything was amazing. But this, this new class, this new class of Ben Wallace, Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce, and Chris Webber. Like, I feel like it's going to be a lot of dialogue when we start talking about that because, (laughs) to me, in my opinion, I don't think Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer. But before I dive in, I want to get your thoughts, man. What what do you think about this this new class coming up? Well, I mean, you know, first off, I'm emotional because, you know, Paul Pierce is my second favorite player and they got him coming in with these goofies. So I just, I'll say this. I think Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer because of what he did in the league and his impact. 
But Chris Bosh, I don't think, is a Hall of Famer. And Ben Wallace is definitely not a Hall of Famer. And I, I'm, I'm shocked that they made it. I'm shocked. Are you serious? But, but let me say this, though. I understand my my standards of basketball might be higher than the Hall of Fame, whatever <laughs> committee, whatever they got going on. It might be different, man. That's, that's tough. So, real quick, first of all, there goes my first I respectfully disagree. All right. But real quick, we're going we gonna to backtrack because I, I just learned something, and that's dope that you said that Paul Pierce was your second favorite player. And I want to elaborate on that a little bit because back in the day, dude, I hated Paul Pierce's game. <laughs> Over the course of time, I had no choice but to respect it because once he got laid into his career, you know, in Boston and he's hitting all these daggers and stuff like that, it's like, all right, maybe he is the truth. But <laughs> early on, dude, it was just like, who is this non-athletic, this guy that just keeps talking? Like, he's talking so much junk on the court. Like, he's all this and all that. But I was just like, he doesn't do it. Like, he, like if you just look at his physique, guy, it's like, man, who is this guy? So what kind of attracted you to Paul Pierce, man? Man, I loved his, his heart, man, his and his ability to score. Like, he was mellow before mellow. Like, he could get his shot from anywhere. Yeah, he wasn't athletic. But, man, his shot was pure, man. I just – I loved his heart. And he went up – he went up in a in a in a time period where nobody was speaking his name, and he was putting people to work, like giving people the business by himself. So I I just loved how he could score, man, and his confidence. You know what? I'm gonna make sure I tag Paul Pierce, and hopefully he'll listen to this dog because it's like, I swear, dude, it's like, and we're talking about during that time. Like I said, you know, I'm an Allen Iverson fan, die hard. So of course those matchups were entertaining, like down to the wire. And then I remember, you know, Iverson and Vince Carter and all them going back and forth at it. So this is the height of, of, of their careers, in my opinion. Right. Like we're not even talking NBA titles or none of that. Like I didn't care about NBA titles at that point in time. It was just like, these guys are going to lace up. They finna go at it. And I'm pretty sure they both of them is going to drop 40 easy <laughs> but i was just like dude like why is paul pierce getting all this success like where is it coming from because i just i thought he was trash i always thought paul pierce was trash man <laughs> but at the it's end funny of the you day, said that though because that's how, that's how i felt about kobe like i hated kobe all his career until the last three to four years like, he just went over – well, actually, after he won the second championship without Shaq, he went over and above, and I had to give him his – I had to respect it, man. But I was a huge Kobe hater before. Now, I'm, I'm definitely one of them. So, you know what, man? Me and you actually – we're on the same wavelength, man, because <laughs> at that point in time, dude, I didn't, I didn't like Kobe either. And I was one of those people where I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, I may not like his game but I gave him his props. Right. And I've told people a million times, and I actually think I've said it on the podcast a few times. It's like Kobe was cold. I just didn't like his style of play. It's five guys mm. on the court for a reason. 
Like, <laughs> if you got to shoot over double and triple teams, I mean, yeah, that shows you how much of a beast you are as an individual. But once Shaq left, what did that get you? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was just like, right. I mean, if, if you're fascinated with that, then so be it. But to me, that's not good basketball. I respect gotcha. Allen Iverson because he had the killer mentality. He could score at will, but he wasn't that selfish to the point to where he's willing to sacrifice the team's success for individual success, if that makes gotcha. any kind of sense. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, the rest of the world's not going to appreciate that statement you just made about Iverson. They think he was selfish, but I'm right there with you. I got you. And I like, and I, I'm like, dude, like, what do you expect this guy to do? Because I was so ticked off when like Derek Coleman and Stackhouse and all them guys was like, <laughs> we don't want to play with him. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> and then they're like, well, we're gonna move him to the two guard. I'm like, nah, dude, just keep the ball in his hands and just trust what he's gonna do. Dog. Like, he's not selfish. He's just taking what the game gives him. And if if he's able to blow by people and pull up, then let him blow by people and pull up, because the year that he took them to the finals, dude, like, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I know he done got kind of off track or whatever, but it was just like that to me was like it doesn't get any better than that. And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because this gives the background, the foundation of my basketball standard. Listen, Allen Iverson took a YMCA team to the NBA championship <laughs> back when the league was incredibly tough, and he took a game away from the greatest team ever assembled. So like you said, you can't tell us nothing. Iverson, to me, greatest, and that's the standard. So I hold everyone to that same standard. If you can't take a YMCA team to the championship and get one against the greatest of all time, I mean, that, that sets the tone for me. That's fair, dude. That's fair, and I love it. Like I said, man, we starting to sound like the old grumpy guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, like, the game is just not the same anymore. Like I said, we kind of got sidetracked, and I'm okay with that because it's it's great conversation. And it's like, you yeah. know, we're stuck in this three-point era, and I'm like, it don't really move me. To me, the game has gotten boring. And, like, don't get me wrong, man. Curry and all those guys, like, they're, they're amazing basketball players. But when we're talking about – Iverson, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, like those guys just went out there and left it all on the floor. And right. when I look at Harden and all them guys, I was like, to me, Harden has zero heart. And I can't wait to see <laughs> how the playoffs and stuff shake out because actually, man, today is a very big day for the NBA in terms of how a lot of these seeds and stuff are going to finish up. And especially the Lakers – not really sure on, you know, how their cards are going to be dealt out to them. Hopefully they don't run into the Clippers first round because that would be very ugly. <laughs> but by the end of the day, we'll find out. But going back to this Chris Webber, Ben Wallace thing. Yeah. And you said Chris Webber's impact on the game. Yes, kind of elaborate on that a little bit because I, I feel like, Chris Webber, his whole career was just kind of average. It just okay. so happens that he was a popular name going back to, you know, the Fab Five or whatever, and that kind of carried on over into the NBA. 
drafted number one. But overall, his career was just kind of whatever. So even his name being considered as Hall of Fame, I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say I'd give him a most definitely Hall of Fame, but when I saw his name, I definitely – I'd have it in there before Ben. Man, the thing about Chris Weber is I'm, he wasn't the first. He was like a Charles Barkley, a small big man who the organization allowed to play like a guard, and they started to trust him. And what he did in the, in the Kings organization, I th- man, them years were incredible, man. Now that, you are correct. I can't even hate on that. You are correct. Like, there was very good basketball Bibby, Weber, Pager, Vladi, great, great basketball. But it's like, and I guess where Chris Weber's going to get that pass is because I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, with the Basketball Hall of Fame, they base that on all levels, that high school, college, and pro. And That's what I heard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually going to have to go back because um, a few years ago, um, we were going to a family reunion in Boston and we had some free time and I actually stopped at the basketball hall of fame, man. It was a great experience, man. Like nice. it was dope. And man, we sat in there for hours just reading and looking at everything. You saw all the memorabilia. They had, uh, Wilt Chamberlain's, uh, sneakers, Jersey. Like, I mean, name it. They had it. And, I I do believe because like as soon as you walk in, it tells you you know the requirements, how many years you have to be removed from basketball, and all this and that. So I want to say that for basketball, it does include all levels, high school. Yeah, college, yeah, I, I think you're right. And professional. So that's where Chris Weber is going to get that nod because you can't take away what he done at Michigan. Now, granted, right. they didn't never really you know get to that get that chip. But at the end of the day, they change history. Right. So kind of give Chris Weber a pass a little bit. <laughs> but when we start talking about Ben Wallace and the things that it. he accomplished, like at the end of the day, dude, let's let's keep in perspective. Chris Weber was a number one pick. Right. Ben Wallace was undrafted, correct? Or do you know? Yep, undrafted. So, Ben Wallace, undrafted. I have it pulled up right here. I'm looking at it. Four-time All-Star, two-time yep. rebounding champion, block yep. champion, NBA champion, five times All-NBA, yep. six times All-Defensive, and a four-time Defensive Player of the Year. That yep. alone, that's Hall of Fame, man. That's not Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> Listen, can I ask you? I'm just, I'm going to ask you. Well, let, let's do it this way. Let me say it this way for your audience. Listen, the standards for the Hall of Fame, I get. That's what it is. And based on those standards, okay, cool. He meets those rec- those standards and the, those requirements. Cool, he's in. But, again, my standards are different. I'm talking there's stats. There's two parts, stats and then the eyeball test. And I'm telling you, he was not a fa- – he, he was a low-grade role player. He's not – Matter of fact, you tell me, was he the best player on his t- any of his teams that he played on? He was not the best player in terms of 
offensive wise. No. <laughs> but as far as energy and passion, he changed the culture for the Detroit Pistons at that time period, man. Like I'm glad you said that. First off, and you correct me if I'm wrong, he came into Detroit before they were winning, before they had Chauncey. I don't know if they had Rip, but he was there before they started winning, and they they were not winning championships. So he's been there, and then they brought the collective together, and then, of course, our favorite coach of all time came, and that was it. <laughs> so so, so he, that's fair. That's fair. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. So I'm I'm saying that I think that there's some sometimes when you do the eyeball test you got to understand certain players who have a certain skill set they just explode under certain conditions when the organization puts them in the right spot and I'm not taking away what he did his accomplishments but I'm telling you that's not Hall of Fame worthy he he wasn't the best player on his team he wasn't the most impactful on his team he wasn't the best player in the league he only did four All Star games and again that's based on system not because of him. <laughs> I understand defense is important, but that's not enough to be a Hall of Fame. You just told me Kevin Garnett is in the Hall of Fame, Tim Duck is on, and now you said Ben Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame. Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame means that Andre Drummond needs to be in the Hall of Fame next. Come on, man, dog. Like, and I, you know what? In the way you word it, it does make it sound crazy. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and then you insert. It, the standards should be different. And you're right. You're right. Now, and let me let me ask this question: On that team on the 2014 or uh, 2004 championship, we it, I'm telling you the ranking was most important. It was Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, and then Ben Wallace. Am I wrong? Technically, you're not. Technically, you're not. And it's it's going to be hard to kind of play devil's advocate from that particular stance, but the way that team was put together and their identity, their identity was defense. They held a lot of people to 80 and under. Nobody was going to put up a hundred on them. So granted, I give Tayshaun Prince a lot of the credit for that as well, but the energy and passion that Ben Wallace bought to the game for the Detroit Pistons, especially being undersized, and the way he controlled the glass and altered shots, come on, man! Like he was just as important. Now, but 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 I hear what you're saying. But listen to what you're saying. Like all the things you're saying, these are team awards that they should be giving him. Like the Detroit Pistons need to go and have potlucks and festivals for him for those things he did. Those are good accomplishments, but that's a team level award. That's not Hall of Fame worthy. But I just gave you his individual accolades. Chris Webber has none of that, dude. Chris Webber has none of. Chris Webber is a five time All Star. Ben Wallace is four time. Chris Webber has one rebound title. He uh, five times All NBA. I'm looking at it. I'm reading it. He won. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I got you. Rookie of the year. Outside of that, what did Chris Webber really do? Again, this goes to that eyeball test. He changed the way that big men play in the game or are allowed to play in the game. If he wasn't the pioneer, he made organizations more comfortable and trusting that the big man could bring the ball up, could handle the ball, and could pass the ball in such a way that they would build teams around their capabilities. That's a good stance. 
That's a good. He take. changed the game. Ben Ben Wallace did not change or impact any part of the game. Yes, he could rebound. <laughs> he could play defense. But I'm talking. Let's talk about basketball sense. Like you played, you played basketball coming up. You probably went to basketball camp, so you you played. We probably played on the team, so you understand the fundamentals of basketball. That these are certain skill sets that make a make up a basketball player. And if we look at Ben Wallace, there's only two skill sets that you can give me that you would say he's actually a proficient pro level basketball player in these two skill sets. That's not enough to be Hall of Fame. He didn't change the game. He didn't change the way they played the game. He was just effective in his period, like a a low-level Dennis Rodman. I think Dennis Rodman was better, but he's a low-level Dennis Rodman. A low-level Dennis. You know what? I disagree. If you're playing 2K right now <laughs> and you can pick whoever you want on that team, are you telling me Ben Wallace makes your team? No, Ben Wallace definitely don't make the team. Definitely <laughs> don't. But but hear me out. Going going back yep, to your go. point. Going back to your point. You are you are absolutely correct, and you're actually preaching like this is an amazing conversation I'm, I'm actually glad that we're actually on here and not having to type on instagram and all that so <laughs> definitely definitely interesting take and you're right i did play on the team went to camp done all that jazz learned the fundamentals i understand the game i love the game so when you say that you're right there's nothing wrong with with your stance and your take. It should be standards and you like you said the eye test. So, playing devil's advocate here. Yep. You mentioned Dennis Rodman. Yep. Dennis Rodman, Hall of Famer. He was never looked at as an offensive weapon on the court. He just brought toughness, go clear the glass, defensive juggernaut for him to be his size and for them to be like you know what we're putting you on this guy tonight and for him to undersize undermatched he held it down and caused fits for a lot of opponents you had to respect Dennis Rodman and he's a hall of famer Dikembe Mutombo he's a hall of famer what's the difference between Mutombo and Ben Wallace all right, so Matumbo opened the door for people like Ben Wallace. When Matumbo came in, organizations started to say, hey, and now now listen, when Matumbo was with the Nuggets, I think he was an offensive threat, and he was hooping. A lot of his teams, he led that team as the leading scorer and the center for that team, but his defensive presence, so just I think I believe that early organizations start to say it's okay to have a center who's focused on defense and build around him. So defense became a, um, important to organizations to a factor, an important factor for organizations to look at. So I think that he set the tone for big men who focused primarily on defense versus offense. Now again, not taking away from his offensive skill set when he was with the Nuggets. You know what? That's that's a fair take. That's a fair take. And, and let me say this about Dennis Rodman, because a lot of people will say the same with Dennis. Understand this. First off, Dennis was off the, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When he was with the, the Spurs and when he was with Detroit, he had some good offense. But the thing about Dennis, he opened the doors for people like Ben Wallace, because before then, if you had no skill set, 
talking about I'm going to come on the floor and hoop and be successful just through athleticism, hustle, and heart was unheard of in my opinion. So when Dennis came and showed that he could be successfully inputted into a team and they win, and Dennis, there was when he was when he was with the Bulls, it was Jordan, Pippen, then Dennis. Now Tony was a better player, but most people looked at Dennis as the third piece. So he was an important factor based on his athleticism, his heart, and his skill set on the defensive and the the footwork he had in regards to looking getting ready for rebounds. So he's he opened the door for Ben Wallace's. And so that's why I say he changed the game. He allowed for smaller forwards to come in who didn't necessarily, who couldn't really shoot to still impact the game and show how my hustle and my heart and my rebounding skills and my defensive understanding and defensive awareness could help teams win. So I think he definitely changed it. Dennis Rodman definitely impacted the game based on what he did in his career. So based on that, you're saying that according to your standards, that's certified Hall of Fame. I get it, man. According to my standards, Dennis Rodman would not be in the Hall of Fame, but I understand why he's in there better than I do understand Ben Wallace. Oh, man. You know what? We was all on board. Everything was going smooth. I'm agreeing (laughs) with you. You was preaching. You was preaching. And then you hit me with that. Like, man, you tough. In my mind, uh, Hall of Famer means I've excelled in every level of the game, and I've perfected, and to the best of my ability – I've excelled in every level of the game that I could personally go to. And you know what? I just don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just don't get why why it's okay to, you know, let people in when they didn't do it all. You know what I'm saying? Dennis Rodman, free throws. Like, are, are ben, ben Wallace, free throws. Like, you're in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. You couldn't shoot free throws? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm painting this picture as I'm listening to you. And I honestly – you're right. You're right. So more or less, just based on what you've said thus far, you're saying that they're letting too many people in. Is that is that fair? Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that that, that sums it right there. Yeah, you're right. Not everybody's Hall of Fame. And for those that are Hall of Fame, it's like you just you're the star amongst the stars. Like you shine you shined the brightest when you played in your professional career, collegiate, whatever, there was hands down, no dispute. You were one of the best out there, the best that ever done it. You're Hall of Fame. You have to start talking about the best that ever done it, and you're in a league of your own. I like the way you said it. Yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly right. So now that you're saying that, it, it does make sense. It does make sense. And I was just, I was looking at the Ben Wallace thing as a, as a success story. And I guess that's what's wrong with professional sports and stuff. Now they're looking for narratives versus just, can you hoop? Because it's like, man, he goes undrafted. Ben Wallace is only what? Like six, 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 seven, give or take. (laughs) And when you start putting his numbers and accolades up against some of what we consider to be the greats, Matumbo, Rodman, he holds his own. So that's why I was just like, heck, yeah, he goes in there. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense. So, yeah, really, that makes sense. We, we've touched on Paul Pierce. That's To me, Paul Pierce is a no-brainer. Like, at the end of the day, you got to give him his respect. You talk about how long he played in Boston and what he done for that franchise. 
and he was able to keep them relevant without a lot of help throughout those years. And he just went to war with what he had. You have to respect the truth for that. And then once they got the KG, uh, Ray Allen and all that, he took advantage of that situation. So can't fault him for that. Paul Pierce had a heck of a career. He was nice at Kansas. So Paul Pierce is a no brainer. Still on the fence with Chris Webber. We just talked about Ben Wallace. Now you've been real disrespectful about Chris Bosch, man. We got to talk about Bosch real quick. Come on, man. No way. Bosch falls into you think that he finesse it? Chris Bosch held his own, man. Like when? When he was in Toronto, uh, Chris Bosch, he he did his thing, man. We're talking about a period after Vince Carter and all of that. So for him to be drafted and go there, he was a beast. For his frame, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, keep going, keep going. For his frame, slender, what, 6'10", 6'11"-ish, he was the go-to guy in Toronto. It's just unfortunate that when he decided to make that career adjustment and go down to Miami and he became basically the third wheel, I think at that point that's when the media shaped our perception of Chris Bosh and everybody made him this soft, finesse guy, don't want to go bang in the post, and now he's just a three-point shooter, and he's soft. You know what I'm saying? Like, But if you go back and look at Chris Bosh in Toronto, man, he was a beast. Now, um, he had a couple, maybe one or two good years. Most of his time, he was on a come-up, and this is the same guy who – to get in the all-star game, he made commercials begging people to vote him in. <laughs> so I just don't know, man. I respect his game. But to me, Paul Gasol was a better basketball player. To me, Kevin Garnett's a better basketball player. Well, let me let me go to that era. In that era, he was coming up, and he was making a name for himself, no doubt, but he couldn't win. And when you're on a bad team, everyone looks good. Like, prime example, one of my favorite players back in the day was DeMar DeRozan. He was on a bad team looking good, but they never won. Chris Bosh never got his team. Did they even make it to the playoffs? That's a good question. You know what? To me, he's the same caliber player as Kevin Love, man. When Kevin was uh, with the Timberwolves, putting up crazy numbers. Man, you making this hard, man. Look, you got me second guessing my own self now. <laughs> I'm being for real, man. You you actually putting up valid arguments, dog. Like, and dang, like I'm sitting there looking at his his averages, his numbers, and all of that. His first few uh, few years in the league, and I'm like, oh man, he was a he was a 20 point scorer consistently. Da 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 da. But you're saying like, nah, what did he do for the team? I don't care about the numbers. And like you said earlier, the eyeball test, what did he do besides just put up numbers? And then I'm looking at his individual accolades and I see the 11 time all-star two time champion. He's a one time all NBA player, one time all rookie. So he really doesn't have the individual accolades either. So, oh man. 
Now, you know what? I stand corrected. When you said that, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was 11-time All-Star, so I stand corrected. I didn't, I didn't realize he was there that much. I'm looking at – And I watched um, every single one of them. I'm looking at basketball reference right now. I got it all pulled up. Yeah. It says 11-time hey, I stand corrected there. So that's what I'm saying. It's like when you start breaking down the resume, that's when I, that's when I start weeding through like, okay, I remember – Chris Webber. I remember Ben Wallace, but you know, of course, unless we go back and look at old YouTube videos and stuff like that, like all we can go by is our memories from that time period. And I'm like, for me, I remember watching the Detroit Pistons and the energy in that bit, like going to Detroit, that was a hard place to to play at back then when at the height of, of the Detroit Pistons, you couldn't go in there and, and walk away with a with a victory. And the way they beat down the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Like, that to me was like, oh, wow. And I'm saying Ben Wallace was a part of that. You look at Chris Webber, yeah, they were nice in Sacramento. They had, you know, a lot of sports center highlight plays. They took the Lakers to the brink. Some say they were cheated. You know, that's a whole nother <laughs> argument. That's a whole nother argument. But it's like outside of that, you know, Chris Webber just had that, that one little window of, of of success, of glory. That's a good point. That's a good point. So it's like, you know, that's why I'm kind of pushing back. And I'm like, we already know he sucks as a commentator. So, <laughs> so, so I'm like, no, uh, I don't man. know why nobody likes him, man. That's hysterical. No, like I hate that that TNT. I don't even like. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't read what happened yet, but I saw where you know he's not gonna you know do broadcasting or whatever anymore. But it's just like it's hard to tolerate. It really is between him and <laughs> Reggie. I don't like Reggie Miller either. I'm what? Like, I hate his commentary, man. Man, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's hard to listen. But I'm just saying, it's like you when you look at it, and then even on paper, it's like he didn't do anything. At least, yeah. Ben Wallace and Bosch can say that <laughs> they're champions, dog. That to me is like you got to get a nod, man. But you, they're not, not on their strength, though, man. Like, if to me, Rasheed Wallace should be a Hall of Famer, but he's not. And you know what? To me, go ahead. You're you're absolutely correct. Rasheed Wallace, if you start like again, we we established earlier that basketball hall of fame is your entire body of work. And if you go back to those Carolina days and all of that, Rasheed Wallace has always held his own. And he's made an impact everywhere he went. Those Portland Trailblazer teams, dog, they they legit had a an opportunity to make some noise. It just so happens that, you know what I'm saying, the West during that point in time, it was just, what can you do about it? <laughs> <laughs> what can you do about it? But it's like, I, I, I agree with you there. Rasheed Wallace definitely. But, but you, you right though. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to have to stand, I got to hold him to it. Man, Chris Webber's not a Hall of Famer, man. Like, I, I can only think of like four years where I'm like, man, Chris Webber's doing amazing. And that, that can't be, that can't be Hall of Fame worthy. So I, I, I you're right, man. So you know what? See, we 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 got each other pondering now 
and this is that's that's how I know it's a great conversation, man, because it's like walking into it, he was like, Man, Chris Weber's in there, and I'm like, Ben Wallace is in there for sure. But then after you got to talking, I'm like, dang, like he he ugh, he's got a point. <laughs> he's got a point. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I feel like those are the conversations that are needed. And real quick, yeah. real quick, conversation came up last night. We, um, I was out with some of my buddies, and we were sitting at the dinner table last night, and Rondo's name came up. Let me get your opinion real quick on Rondo. Is Rondo a Hall of Famer? All right, man. Listen, again, to your to your listeners and your fans, you got to understand I'm just different, man. So I watch the game – and I just see things differently that most people won't see. To me, Rondo is going to be, and already, and this is based on a limited window of what he did with the Celtics. I've never seen anyone be able to control the whole game of basketball since Michael Jordan like Rondo can. I think Rondo's the greatest point guard of all time. And so I think that Rondo's a Hall of Famer, no-brainer. Oh, man, you got some people ready to fight you. and you know what I'm glad you threw that lob because we can definitely do another episode in the near future best point guards and I heard you correct me if I'm wrong you putting Rondo's name up there with the elite definitely so that is amazing because a while back and I'm, I'm finna put you on the hot seat I had an argument with some people. They keep trying to insert Curry into that conversation. And I do not view Curry as a point guard. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Curry, after Paul George, Curry's my second favorite player in this in this era. And I love him, man, but he's not a point guard. Then perfect. But so, I think that he has more point guard skills than people give him credit for. Let me say that. Yeah, yeah, we definitely gonna have another episode because we gonna, <laughs> we gonna we gonna put that under a microscope. Because like I said, I get a lot of pushback for my take on that, and it's just like, and I feel like me and you both are kind of on the same page when with what I'm about to say. When I think of a point guard. I literally think of a floor general. His or her job is to run the offense, get the players where they need to be at. They set the guys up, and without the point guard, you're cutting the head off of a snake. Mm. Now you're preaching. So I need all the young folks to listen and hear him say what a point guard is. And that's where it's like, now we both said we love Allen Iverson. And that's where I kind of feel like going back back in the day, we started having to change our thoughts on the point guard because now you're talking about guards who can score 20-plus. And, you know, they handle the ball the majority of the time. So on paper, you have to list Allen Iverson as the point guard. You have right. to list Stephon Marbury as the point guard. And they were just so offensively gifted to where they could score the ball. But when we're talking about point guard, I'm thinking Magic, Stockton, Chris Paul. Like, dude, to me, Chris Paul is so underrated. Like, people do not appreciate Chris Paul. 
And I'm like, Very true. this year alone should show you how great of a player he really is and what he does everywhere he goes. And if you need him to score, he has the skill set to do it. But naturally, he's looking to distribute the ball. That's a point guard. Very true. So real quick, going back to Rondo, it's like you're absolutely correct. I feel like Rondo is a Hall of Famer, but last night at the dinner table, we was kind of scratching our head like, I don't know. But now that I got his numbers and stuff pulled up here, four-time All-Star, three-time assist champ, steals champ, he's a two-time champion, uh, All-NBA, he made it one time, four-time All-Defensive, and he was All-Rookie. Yeah, Rondo gets in there, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Him going to the Clippers scares me. (laughs) I'm being 100% honest. I don't want no parts of the Clippers. If if we're talking, you know, LeBron is my guy. But I don't want no parts of the Clippers. So I'm hoping that somebody knocks them off early. (laughs) I'm hoping. And that's why it's going to be tricky. And after this, man, we can get off here. Um, As of last night, the Denver Nuggets were the third seed. The Clippers were the fourth. And I know between Portland and the Lakers, the sixth seed is still up in the air. Denver plays Portland tonight. So that's like a gift and a curse because, you know, of course you're rooting for, well, I'm rooting. I ain't going to say we're. I'm rooting for the Nuggets to beat Portland so the Lakers can move up. And that first round matchup would be Denver versus the Lakers. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about chess moves, Denver might throw that game and drop (laughs) down to fourth. And then you're talking about a Denver Dallas matchup with the four or five. And then the Clippers and Portland. Mm. So it's like, that's, that's the tricky part about it. And I hate that we even have to create those little narratives in terms of teams throwing games or whatnot. But if, if I'm a competitor, I'm saying to myself, I'd rather play Dallas in the first round than to go up against LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And you mentioned drumming earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sold on drummers yet, man. I'm just kind of like, nah, he's just a, he's just a big person. I don't know what else to say about him because I've seen him miss some two foot shots around the rim. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I've seen Ben Wallace do the same, but I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Touche, man. Touche. Definitely. So I can't wait to see what happens tonight in terms of the NBA and how the seating and all of that goes. And um, real quick before I let you off of here, we just finished talking about point guards we finished talking about Allen Iverson being both of our uh childhood heroes I feel like here lately in the last week or two with Westbrook you know doing what he's doing whether you agree with the triple doubles or not you know I'm kind of biased when it comes to that because I feel like it's not authentic I feel like the triple double now is not an a, a huge accomplishment anymore 
because we're talking about a stats driven era. And, you know, of course he passed the big O for all time, triple doubles, but immediately people started saying Westbrook is better than Allen Iverson. And if I could jump through my TV, I would have, straight up went at ESPN and, and grabbed a few folks because it's just like <laughs> that's so disrespectful. So is that us holding on to childhood memories and we're putting Allen Iverson on this pedestal or is, is Westbrook, you know, solidifying himself in these kind of conversations? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you used the word earlier narrative, man, you know, the sports channels got to come up with these narratives just to have a talking point, but I feel the same way you do, man. I, I didn't even I didn't even address it. It was so disrespectful. But we talked about this earlier. The foundation of what a quality basketball player looks like in the NBA came from Allen Iverson. So I, Westbrook is an incredible talent, and I've never seen anyone who could use their athleticism and their heart and their hustle to dominate players. Like for a couple years, he was dominating the whole league. Just he would not stop. So I appreciate his game and celebrate his triple-double, but he can have those accomplishments without us going over the roof. Allen Iverson took a YMCA basketball team to the NBA championship and took a game from the greatest team of all time. Westbrook can't get – I remember. Do you remember when they played the Jazz? And uh, Rudy – go? Uh, what's his name? Um, man, Rudy O, whatever the point guard's name Rubio. was, outplayed – Rubio outplayed him. I've seen Westbrook get outplayed him several times. Dame Dollar waved goodbye to you No, know, Iverson stepped over Ty Lue. Y'all don't remember Ty Lue. I remember Ty Lue. Ty, like, Ty Lue wanted to be Allen Iverson point two, and Iverson demolished him, stepped over him. Nobody embarrassed Allen Iverson. No one outshined Allen Iverson, and he took that team to the finals. Westbrook can't get out of the first round. How is he better than Allen Iverson? Ooh, yeah. Like, the argument don't even add up. Like, that's what you got to do. Westbrook's got to take a bad team to the to a place, not just to any place. You got to go to the finals. You got to go to the finals. Until you do that, there's no – we don't – celebrate the success you had, the triple-doubles, that's great. You are a great hustle player, but you're not, you're not that level, man. There's levels to this, and he's not that level. Duh, that you know what, you know what. Hey, standing O after that, standing O after that. Like you, you, you can't put it in any better words than that right there. And and you're absolutely right. And that's why I was just like, what has the world come to, man? When we're sitting around trying to compare apples to oranges, it's like I mean, if you're fascinated, if you're fascinated by the numbers, then all right. He had 20 boards, 20 assists, whatever. But in today's game where so many shots are going up, you know, scoring is at one of the all-time – I ain't going to say all-time high because back in the day they was putting up numbers. But it's like the volume shots that they're taking now, it's easy to get an assist. Whereas you go back in the day, guys like John Stockton, they were actually facilitating, orchestrating the offense. And John Stockton got 15,000 of them things. And it's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing to the game to where we're looking at a guy who you tell all your bigs to clear the paint so you can run in there and get a rebound. <laughs> and it's just like, no. Nah. 
But when they got to doing the Allen Iverson comparisons, stop it. Stop it. Like That's crazy. That's super disrespectful. <laughs> super disrespectful, man. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, shout out to Westbrook for everything that he's accomplished because I feel like at this point, I hate to say it, but I feel like that's the only thing that he's going to be able to hang his hat on. I mean, he has the one wow. MVP, but based on his his track record, I mean, he could prove us wrong. I don't know. Westbrook has had a lot of good pieces around him, and for whatever reason, it just it falls apart when it matters the most. Because if you That's ask true. me, that Oklahoma team, they had everything they needed. There's no reason why that team should have broke up the way that it done, you know, and that's where I, you know, we can have this conversation another day as well, but that's where my, I don't care for Kevin Durant kind of fell off because I feel like if he was really truly an alpha, he has to tell Westbrook, whether it's behind closed doors or he has to show him on the court, like, give me the damn ball. Like you're, tight games you're coming down pulling up full speed and bricking when you have one of the best offensive weapons ever created on the side of you so i mean he had kd he had Melo, paul george he goes and teams up with james harden this bradley bill is that's not a bad mix I actually like what the Wizards are starting to do here late in the season. They need maybe one or two more pieces if they're going to keep that intact. So he still has time to prove me wrong. But as of right now, it's like all he can do is hang his hat on triple doubles. So I'm not impressed with that. (laughs) Not at all. Real quick, man. Somebody put me on a hot seat on, on the last episode. And they asked me this question. I'm going to ask you because, man, you you definitely had a great conversation today. Definitely going to invite you back so we can talk about more basketball because I, I actually like it when people, you know, wait a minute. he He's got a point. She's got a point. I like that. So I'm putting you on a hot seat. The question was proposed to me last week. If I had a gun to my head, and I had to make a choice of who's going to win the NBA championship this season, who would you say? Who's winning the championship? Oh, man. That's that's easy, man. Until he proves me wrong, Kevin Durant's a whole other monster, man. That's the Nets. Anybody who's got Kevin Durant, man, they're winning championship. Until he proves me wrong, shows me different. Hey, man. <laughs> that's easy. And as bad as I want to push my I respectfully disagree button, I can't. (laughs) I can't. Because I told him the same thing. I was like, dude, Brooklyn is just, that's a whole nother, man, what do you do? I'm not even a Durant fan, man, and I couldn't, I I can't say nothing against. What would you say? I said, I feel so bad for my guy LeBron, man. Every time I feel like he's, he's positioned himself to be like, you know what? I'm stamping my name in concrete. Here goes another finals loss. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like you don't know how silly it and I can I can admit this to you and the listeners. Like you have no idea how crazy it makes me look and feel when this GOAT conversation comes up 
and you have to try to put together an argument for a guy that's lost six times in the finals. It don't even sound right. It don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I will admit that it's like, that's when I start reaching for the man. He's got this record. He's got that record. He led both teams. And you know what I'm saying? But it's like, like you said earlier, the eye test. What did you do? Getting to the finals. All right, cool. But when you got there, what did you do? And Kevin Durant, he, he made him look bad, I will admit. I will admit, LeBron's my guy. I, in my opinion, I feel like LeBron is the greatest player to ever lace him up. Oh, my God. <sighs> we don't have to talk about it. Just keep going, keep going. I, I'm just saying. we Look, for me, and I've explained it before, and I'll say it again to anybody that's listening, I enjoyed the game of basketball and I truly love people who play the game the way it was designed to be played. Good, you can go out and get 30, but what else did you do while you were out there? In what other ways can you impact the game other than just scoring? So when I look at LeBron, dog, LeBron to me is like Beethoven, dog. Like when he's out there, oh, dude, he I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He makes everything happen. I've never seen a guy control the game as much as LeBron James. And if anybody has an argument for that, you bring it to the table and we can sit down and discuss it. When I, when, go back and look at LeBron early in his career when he was young, athletic. The Cavaliers were just running folks out the gym. Just pure speed, getting up and down, lobs, alley-oops. I mean, name it. LeBron and them were doing it. He goes to Miami. Him and D-Wade, those first couple of years, it was just amazing to watch. But then LeBron gets older. Now the game has slowed down. He's still dominating the game, and he controls the ball. I'm saying to myself, I'm like, dude, he's just sitting here dribbling, 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 dribbling. Like 24 seconds, he has the ball, 16 of them. But somehow, someway, either he scores or he finds somebody in the corner, three ball. And for him to be able to do that, and be successful at it, bro, that's that's a master at work, man. I'm sorry. That's a master at work. And <laughs> I you, got you. I got and look, you. first of all, you said taking bad teams to the finals. He's done that on multiple occasions. Can we at least agree there? Listen, LeBron James had, the, had an opportunity to be a great basketball player that year when he had the Cavs the first time, and they lost. If he had stuck with that team and took them and won the championship, then we could have a conversation about one of the greats. But he didn't. Oh, man. But I understand what you're saying. My 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 point about Iverson, I have to give to LeBron because he did have some bad Cavs teams. But I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I'm a nitpick. Like, I know them teams that were on the Cavs, and I know the team that Iverson had. I would have loved to have had them players on Iverson's team in 2001. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's an open invitation for you to come on back. <laughs> come on back. I'm having too much fun with this one, dog. Because you... Because, yeah, I'm glad you did that because I've been wanting to ask you about being a LeBron. Like, in my mind, being an Iverson and LeBron fan don't go hand in hand, so I do want to come back and talk about why you picked LeBron James. You know what? 
you you are amazing. You are amazing. And that's where we're going to leave it at because that is a great conversation to have. And my perspective on the game shifted. And I'll give everybody just a little snippet of just my thought pattern real quick. And then we'll revisit this conversation and I'll have it well thought out. Growing up, Allen Iverson, just everything about him, the way he just kind of brought the swag to the game. I told you I had I grew my hair out. I wore my clothes the way Allen Iverson done his. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a young kid, 12, 13 years old. So he was very influential on me. Once I saw what LeBron done to the Detroit Pistons, I was living on campus. I was working summer conference uh housing for UK. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I had the little box TV. Didn't even have a flat screen. Had a little box 19-inch TV. <laughs> and I sat there and watched what he done to the Detroit Pistons single-handedly. And I said to myself, dude, I haven't seen that in a long time. And I can go back to the Allen Iverson, Vince Carter battles. I think Iverson had like 51, Vince Carter had 49 or something like that, or vice versa, whatever it was. They were battling, and it became a Allen Iverson versus Vince Carter show. And we're talking about advancing to another round is what's at stake. So when I saw LeBron do that and elevate his game, to me, and people are going to think I'm crazy, I think even back then – LeBron was at his peak then. Now, granted, he doesn't have the the knowledge. He didn't have the knowledge that he has now or the experience rather. But when people say that he doesn't have a killer instinct or he can't take over the game, he can't close out games. It's like, how can you say that when we've seen him do it before? He just chooses not to do it, in my opinion. Now, granted, that's a, you know, you can take away points for him on your is he the greatest ever meter? If you feel that, you know, he's holding back or he just doesn't have that whatever. But I've seen him do it before. So when I saw that, I'm like, dog, he's unselfish. He wants to get his teammates involved. We mentioned Kobe earlier, and it's like that was my only knock. It's like you got guys just standing here wide open and you refuse to give them the ball. That's not basketball. So – I'll leave it at that. I'm going to get my thoughts together because you got me on the hot seat now. (laughs) I I feel that pressure, man. (laughs) Definitely appreciate you, bro. Like, this was a very interesting conversation. I can't wait to to hear the playback, and I'll get it all edited, and I'll tag you and get that, you know, uh, shared out. And like I said, the the invitation is yours. Anytime you want to have a conversation, shoot me a message. And we can go at it because me and you are both pretty much the same. I love the NBA and I'll sit down and talk with anybody about basketball. So definitely appreciate it. Adrian, I appreciate this opportunity, man. This is fun, man. And like you said, man, yeah, I love basketball. So anytime. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Toasted, no competition. Amisha Coasting. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Amisha Coasting. I feel so live.